0: What is up? How we doing? Welcome back to the In The Round podcast, episode 7. Yeah, buddy. Episode lucky number 7. You got Matt. And Tyler. You also got the Coda Bear over there taking pictures. Get that camera on my face there, boy. And we've also got the podcats, and uh, they're currently hiding. Oh, never mind. I see Cake. Cake is over by the washing machine in the basement studio here in Nashville, Tennessee. They're staying out of our way tonight.
1: Yeah, they're being really pleasant. Talking about pleasant, though. What about this weather we've been having lately, man? Dude, it
0: is so warm. It is crazy. What We're are we rec-
1: talking about? This is spring. We're
0: recording this at 8 o'clock, and it is 81 degrees outside. That's right, 81 degrees. That's something I'm not used to. Still, here. It's, it's still hey. like 30, 40-something at night back home, dude. Yeah,
1: dude, but during the like summer here, 93 is going to be the low at night, okay? So you just get ready. You ain't going to be wearing those boots and pants much longer. <sighs>
0: I don't know what I'm going to do. Y'all are going to be seeing my hairy ass legs. But anyway, speaking of the South and Southern Nights, somebody that knows a thing or two about the good old heat that's down here is a good old boy, and his name is Logan Garner. He's our guest on this week's episode. He's the guy you've gotten to co-write with, huh, Tyler?
1: Yeah, man, he's a great writer. He always brings a new perspective and a new way to looking at things, and that's always great to have in a write, especially when we get stuck, you know, he'll say something, and it'll just push us in the direction that we've been looking for and, you know, really kind of fast forward that right for us.
0: Yeah, he's a guy that's very talented, Uh got started by playing the drums and all that, so he's a very big musical guy, and uh, he's from West Tennessee, out in the Martin, Tennessee area, so we talk about that quite Music a bit. Music
1: runs in his blood.
0: Music does run in his blood, and uh, he's got a very cool, very cool story to tell, and at the end of it, uh, an original song called Good Enough Lately that he was kind enough to share with us, so very, very cool stuff coming up. Y'all sit back, enjoy. Tyler hit that music it's time to go in the round with our good buddy Logan Garner What is up everyone? Welcome back to the In the Round Podcast. You got Matt Tyler, the podcast, the whole crew hanging out, and we got a special guest with us, a guy that we know from working down on Broadway, a guy that we know can write a damn good song, a guy that I've gotten to go out on the road with quite a bit, a guy named Logan Gardner, Tennessee's own Logan, how you doing, buddy?
2: Great, how are y'all doing?
0: Doing all right. It's Monday. We were out having another Sunday nights are just our crazy nights. For some people, they party on Friday nights and Saturday nights. For us, we party on Sunday nights.
1: Well, for us, I mean, Sunday night is our Friday night. You know, that's when my work week ends. It's
0: what, it's like the middle of my work week. So yeah. I like I, I got to go to work after we record this right now, and I'm like still kind of hurt, but at the same time, there's just something about going out on on Broadway and just get a little take time to do it. But
2: yeah. I mean monday's just another day are still
0: working yeah do you does, do you have this like i have this problem where i forget what day it is but <laughs> since i've moved down here in the five months that i've been down here it seems like every day just kind of rolls into it you forget what day of the week it is yeah
2: i mean i work any day of the week and it doesn't matter i just have days off when i have days off and don't even really think about it until i go to do something and realize it's like oh this is just a tuesday or a wednesday
1: i hate the places that you're like, Oh, I'm gonna go there today and they're closed on like Monday and Tuesday, but that's my like Chick fil A is the only thing I'm really upset about. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Why
0: I mean I get why that is. I but. mean
1: every time you come into work pretty much you have a Chick-fil-A cup.
0: Now I've heard something about Saturday nights at Chick-fil-A are supposed to be this like big ordeal or this like special thing. Have you guys ever heard of that? I yeah, heard somebody mentioning a, it.
1: They do a college night there, so if you take your ID to the one there's one in town that's Saturday and there's one in town that's Monday night. If you take your college ID and you buy a large, drink a large fry, you get a chicken sandwich or an oh, eight count I for free. I wish I would have known that when I was in college.
0: You're right. I mean, I
1: I saw my ID, and it doesn't expire, and I still use we it. We didn't so. have a Chick-fil-A where I was at, so I didn't get to. Yeah, no, speaking like,
0: of where you were at, I uh, got to go out and uh, experience West Tennessee with you a couple yeah, weeks back. Yeah, you got back.
2: to see uh, a lot of things that take place in the area. It's not much going on, but there's a lot going on. So
0: let the people know, where exactly are you from?
2: Uh, it's a little town called Rutherford, Tennessee. It's in Gibson County. Um, About two and a half hours directly west of Nashville. Um, Middle of nowhere, right on a national wildlife refuge. So it's like probably some of the best ground you'll see um, on that side of the country. You're not far from the Mississippi River, so all the river bottoms flow through there. So it's pretty nice. A lot of row crop and just open country for the most part. Not as much pavement as there is here. Yeah,
0: that drive out there, just going forty west and picking it up in yeah, Jackson, you get to Jackson and, and then you
2: leave Jackson. You are like, where the hell am I? Where
0: am I? There is all these businesses just on the side of the road, and there is just all this stuff for, coming from where I am from. We we don't have that, you know. Like that is the country you're in, yeah, you are in. you grew up that country. It's, lifestyle. What's crazy
2: is all of that. You know, ten or fifteen years ago was even more developed than it is now. Not in the sense of like just having buildings, but like businesses were you know thriving there but a lot of those people were a lot older so there was you know a lot more jobs there a long time ago but now it's you know if you're not a farmer or own a local business you you know it's kind
0: of hard to find something to do yeah now martin tennessee that's where we got to go you were playing with uh, our good buddy uh, ethan willis opening yeah. up for uh back road therapy and uh, a guy that some people might know named John Langston at a place called slide and ride. You yeah. were telling us that place can get rowdy and uh, yeah, Martin Sliding tennis and ride has,
2: yeah, they can get rowdy, but it, uh, it's a good venue. It's I have an to awesome say, venue. Um, I'm glad to see that that's there. Um, it's taken a good turn over the past couple of years that they've developed that into what they have, but they've got a really good stage um, and a lot bigger venue than what I thought. Um, But also, I've never seen that place packed out like it was that night. So that's good that it just gives me hope that there's still stuff like that that in that part of town or that part of the area that, you know, so many people can come out just for that one thing. Because it's hard to get a lot of people together in that because everybody wants to go where there's more people and not, you know, just be where they're at. So that was pretty cool to me to see that there's that many, you know, college kids and adults that want to come out to a venue in that area and just listen to music. That to me was pretty exciting because I've never had that. I mean, I've, I've seen that stuff around there, but you have to drive like, you know, 30 minutes to, you know, Jackson for, they've been having concerts at the, um, Diamond Jacks or Jackson generals. I guess it is now used to be Diamond Jacks, but that was like the biggest place you could go for a concert. Martin, Tennessee was really not that, um, any of those areas in there weren't, I mean, we had our own parties of course, but like it's, They never turned out to be like that.
0: And my two favorite parts of that, that, um, that like 24 to 36 hours that I was out there in West Tennessee with you guys, Rural King. That was awesome. I had no (laughs) idea a place like that existed where Tractor Supply and Walmart had a baby where you can get groceries and buy chickens in the same building and they have free popcorn. And it it was just, it was an experience. I'd never been around that. Kind of I was, was really kind of cool.
2: upset that Rule King uh, kind of got sit, uh, city city. Honest, they didn't have any camo overalls. I was pretty upset
0: about that. Yeah, yeah. Y'all shout, never- out,
2: shout out to Rule King. You need to step your game up a little bit. <laughs> you used to have them and you don't have them
0: anymore. Yeah, and then the other spot was Huddle House. Yeah, which was- that was a
1: disaster. <laughs>
0: That was post post show hanging out.
1: I knew better, but we went anyways. <laughs> yeah, Huddle House is never a good idea. It was a
0: it was it was a it was a time. So now the songwriting thing, the reason we got you in here, how'd you oh, yeah. uh, how'd you get into doing what you're doing today?
2: So I always did music. Uh kinda come from a musical family. Um, my grandparents always sang and always had good music playing. My parents always listened to good music. Um my great grandparents were musicians. Um so it kind of passed down through the family. Nobody really did anything with it except, you know, my great grandparents. Um, my great granddad was in a rockabilly band back in the fifties with my little cousin, uh, who's now a really good guitar player. Um, but me and him were the only two that actually got, I guess, the musical traits out of that. I mean, my parents can definitely like sing, and they know what like what they hear. They could probably sing it. But they just never did anything with it, I guess you'd say. Um, My sister, she's an athlete. She could probably sing. I feel like she could. She just doesn't want to do it. Um, But, you know, I don't ever take pride in singing. But just kind of get into the writing concept of it. Um, I was doing music all through when I was little. My parents want to put me in voice lessons. And I was like, no, I want to play drums. So drums kind of led to the, the whole writing thing before it got said and done. Um... I just wanted to tell a story and just kind of just dip out of what, you know, everything else is going on uh, in everyday life or, you know, be able to go back and, and kind of talk about what you've done. Or for me, I guess it's when I hear a song, I can remember where I heard it, when I heard it, like it kind of pulls back like things that you take from that. Not only just like the story it's telling itself, but you can kind of have your own story to it and relate to it. When that song was like, when you when you first heard it, I guess you would say,
0: okay. And the songwriting thing—that's more your department, Tyler. So with the songwriting stuff for you—is it our vibes a real thing when you're sitting and writing? Like, of course. Like, where you gotta yeah. like be in a certain mindset when you're sitting down and writing. Of course,
2: yeah. You can't. You can never be like, hey, I'm gonna do. You can't force a single thing uh, when it comes to that because if not, it's like unnatural. So you definitely want to like. The whole concept of, like, writing is, like, getting the things that are natural, that that come easy, that you want to say, not you're, like, forcing yourself to say.
1: And even, like, with that, like, there's sometimes where you get in a room with some guys and, you know, you want to write a certain type of song. And there's some guys that can write, you know, certain types of songs, but they don't do it well with others, So, you know, it's all about getting in the room with the right people at times and, you know, vibing on the same thing and being in the same mindset. I had a teacher that said, you know, basically we're pulling words out of air, you know, and I mean, that's what songwriters are doing. They're like, it's like they're buzzing around you. There's vibes around you and all that kind of stuff, and you're just pulling them out of air and putting them on paper. So you're making what is already there, you know, kind of around you actually physical and manifesting it.
0: Yeah, is there like a certain place you enjoy writing? I know you got to be back home. For a yeah,
2: when night. I was home, I actually went out for a good bit and kind of rode around our farm and just rode down some old old roads I used to hang out on and rip and romp and just kind of you know took the time to just zone out for a little bit. And I always wanted to write something about that like a long time ago. But being able to now that I've been where, I, where I've been over the past couple of years, and, like knowing how to like capture that and put it into like those words, like I feel like I had a better take on that, like the things I looked at, like the sensory details of what like what was going on, I feel like I have a better grasp on how to say what I actually want like I've been wanting to say um but I actually was in high school and I was taking a college level writing class, which was for english and I kept writing these papers that were like, you know, five to six page essays we had to do. We eventually worked up to like a 12, I think, or something, 12 page essay. And the whole time I got like the first three I got back, I made like 40s and 50s. And I was just like, why am I not, like, I feel like this is good detail, but why am I not getting my point across to this? And then I sat down with my teacher and she kind of explained to me. She was like, you just have to, you know, justify everything you say for it to make sense to be able to, to get that person to give every detail, I guess you would say. So, that kind of taught me. That writing class kind of got me wanting to write more, so I could get better at it. Not necessarily just doing the music part of it. So,
0: <laughs> as the podcasts jump in and uh, Mr. Felix pops up and uh, says hi to says hi to Mr. Logan Carter, yeah, he's here. <laughs> so, when did uh, when would you say you wrote your first song where you were like, I could actually see myself or somebody else singing this? Like, when did it oh. come out as a song? So, taking the writing classes and probably in high to- school. Them.
2: I mean, I wouldn't say that they were just, like, full songs at that point, but they were definitely, like, either, like, not necessarily poems, but (laughs) melodies. Felix
0: is all up in your grill. Felix, come here, get out.
2: Melodies and stuff like that that I just put together and ended up, you know, I'd always be humming something or uh, playing around with something on piano or, you know, always had something in my head. So that was kind of the point in high school that I was just really starting to, like, get that stuff out. Um now take it I went back and looked at stuff I've written and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, do you remember do you
0: remember your first song? I do. What yeah. was it
2: about, if you don't mind sharing? Man, it was it was almost I don't even know how to describe it.
0: Sensory detail, what do you got?
2: <laughs> oh, it was kind of the basic stuff that you heard on the radio at that point. It was like I wanted to do something like that. Um you know, like being at a football game or doing, you know, just stuff like ripping it up and down. Like in the country. What does so, ripping and romping mean,
0: by the way? You've roaming said that. around, like driving
2: cool. around, wasting time. You know, just killing time. You decide you want to get out of the truck and go look for a deer, or a turkey, or now you,
0: you drive a Chevy. Have you always been a Chevy guy? Because I know down here trucks always. are trucks are important. Like there's the Ford guys, truck. there's your Chevy guys, there's guy. those that are driving Toyotas out there, and the Nissans are obviously big here and in, in in the Nashville area. I've had three Silverados. Three Silverados. What was your first one?
2: It was a 1988. Oh, a yeah. classic. Yeah, it was an old one, but kept it. And then um, we had a 98, which was like extended cab, Z71. And then I got my newer one. But I don't know, I'll always have a Chevy. But no, just ripping it off is just kind of getting where you want to go and not, not having any limits to it, I guess
0: you'd say. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure some ideas come out of that when you're just by they yourself. Because a, a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people say that some of their best ideas come from when they're just driving. Like when they're just, when you're just by yourself and just kind of going. Yeah, there's days them. I
2: drive with just no radio on. And I think that's the best. I think that's sometimes good to just drive in silence and not, not think about anything else that's going on.
1: Yeah, you know, and a lot of times whenever you're driving, there's, you know, with nobody else there there's nobody else to interrupt you and you're kind of in a bubble um, I forget sometimes that people can hear you outside your car and so I'll be you know singing away or something and I get like a look at a stoplight and I'm like oh yeah they can actually oh you're that me. guy that I'll like oh, look at I'm definitely that guy too
2: if not I'm like I have drumsticks like sitting in traffic playing drums Really? like on my steering
1: wheel So yeah but yeah, it's like I'm, one of the few places like in public that's still your own kind of personal bubble that you know, nobody can kind of hear what's going on in there. Yeah, people always like ask
2: me, they're like, what's one of your, you know, most favorite places to be? And I was like, other than my bed, probably my truck. Okay. Because, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's I had a buddy that he always joked around. He's like, this is my safe haven. He's like, nothing bad has ever happened in this vehicle. And he was like, I don't know, I'm just in it a lot. And I was like, yeah, I feel like I'm the same way because I literally probably in my truck more Than I am at my house sometimes because I'm always going somewhere. You know, always either I'm going to work or I'm going to write or going here to do this or you know, doesn't matter. I mean, I'm in that thing all the time.
0: Now with writing, Nashville, obviously a big thing here is co-writing. Yeah. What was your first experience like with that coming from coming from West Tennessee, where you're kind of doing your own thing, and then you get the music? Yeah, so it was basically
2: just uh, meeting up with people that I knew that lived here uh, right off the bat. Um, As soon as I moved to town. I just called a couple people up that I knew that were they're trying to be artists. They weren't really trying to be songwriters. But um, we sat down and just kind of jammed around on guitar. And then I was like, let's just write a song. And then that's kind of what started it here, I guess you would say. Going through those people, I would meet other people and network through them. And that's pretty much it. Just finding people that you want to write with that you have similar interest and hearing their tone, like their own voice, of what they try to get out and what their style is, and kind of mixing and matching that, like I don't think that I think that anybody that writes songs has a you know a craft now their style and how what they put on it is their own thing, like I like more rockier, edgier, I guess you would say um bluesish country in a way more than some people like pop or some people. Like jazz,
0: I guess you would say. You think that comes from the rockabilly with your fam- within your family. Or yeah, comes I mean from it's West just Tennessee? the music I grew
2: up on. I mean I listened to more rock. There were always there was really like rock ninety two three was like the biggest rock station, and they actually got rid of it in I think two thousand like eight. I was really upset about that, uh, and I thought that was so funny because I saw this thing that Jason Isbell uh, put. I think it was one hundred one the beat, or some other well, not B one hundred one, but it was yeah. some other station in Nashville that is now a Different station, but it was the biggest rock station in Nashville for like forty years, and then they changed it. So I, when I read that, I just laughed. I was like, "That's funny," because now ninety two three is just like, I think it's static. Yeah, it's just not there. Yeah, but it was a really good rock station. So that my grandparents always had ninety two three on. So
0: what bands were what bands were playing on? Uh, oh, there was everything.
2: You had like Van Halen. You would have uh, Def Leppard, like Black Sabbath would play here and there. Um, so, a lot like of classics. Th- okay. Yeah. I mean, you had all kinds of different stuff. It was ranging from like the 80s to 90s. Uh, nothing, nothing under the 90s. Or, I mean, nothing over the 90s. So, it kind of stopped at like Aerosmith and stuff like that. Uh, but it went back to Pink Floyd and kind of Eric Clapton and all he's played and the Eagles. You would have just all the good stuff that you could possibly think of from that era before you got to like rock, like hard rock, I guess
0: you would say, in the 90s. Yeah, so with with that, I mean, I'm sure there's and right now there's a lot of crossover in country music. There is. There's people trying to label what's country and what's not, and it's it's crazy, you know. It's, well, I mean, in a sense,
2: that's happened here recently with this Old Town Road song. Um, saw somebody post about that earlier that everybody's you know mad because it was on the country chart, and I at this point, this is one of the things that I really kind of get aggravated about is because you can't tell somebody that. Like, when I heard this, I was like, oh, I've got to talk about this today. Yeah. Uh, When you hear something like that, and you look at lyrics, just because the lyrics, I mean, the lyrics are country. They tell just as much of a country story or whatever you could possibly think would be country in nowadays time because it's so much of a crossover. But it has a, like, a pop beat, like, hip-hop beat. You know, it has 808s. It has different, like, perks that are snare sounds that... Make it sound hip hop, but yet the lyrics are country, and it tells a like a story. Like it has country attributes to it that people are trying to say it doesn't deserve to be on country radio, and I think it does. And especially even I, with the title, I think well, it does a hundred percent. It's a cool song. Like if you read the lyrics to it, you would you could probably sit down on a guitar and play it, and somebody would be like, "Oh, that's just a cool country song." Like not like twangy country, but they'd be like, "Oh, it sounds like everything else on the radio right now," and it does. It's had the same beat that everything else has had. Like, yeah. for the past five years, it's just added, like, 808s and added a couple more things to it, but it's still the same, like, skeleton.
1: And it's one of those things that, you know, a lot of people are afraid of change and all that kind of stuff because, you know, even whenever, like, Florida Georgia Line and all those guys came around and Sam Hunt and all them, like, you know, they were said, oh, that's not country and all that kind of stuff, you know. So it's one of those things that as we progress forward and we start to blend more, lines of genres which we are doing a lot especially with the invention of spotify and soundcloud and all those platforms you know you're gonna have to really a lot of the genre lines are getting blurred to where you can fit it into a bunch of different stuff because people are drawing more influence from everything else they're not necessarily just sitting there and saying okay well for the, to be a country song it's got to have steel dobro right uh, guitar and it's got to talk about those things all. in for, you can't keep
2: it in a box for it to say right. i mean you can do it all day but it's going to be cookie cutter and it's going to be about like the pop music that's on country radio and right i mean right. even back in the day like the <laughs> yeah.
1: beatles were the same way you know like they did a lot of stuff where like whenever you were recording like you had certain people that could go in and set up mics and it was like a certain distance and like there's all this kind of stuff and they went in and totally changed the game of recording because they would come in late at night with their producer and they would experiment with everything. You know, like.
2: Yeah, they found their own sound. Right.
1: And whenever people heard it, they went crazy. And that's why the Beatles, who were, were who they were, you know, it's because they experimented and they weren't afraid to cross a line and say, okay, well, you've told me to do it this way for this many years. but what if we did it this way? And it's. Yeah, and it's know,
2: breaking that barrier. And that's kind of like. That's my take on what I want to do. I don't want, I never want to write anything that's average and I never want to like have anything that is styled as average or, or just, you know, varying on, it's not innovative. I want everything to be innovative in a way that, yeah, it sounds different. It might catch your ear, but that's the whole reason I wanted to do it. And lyrically, like when I write lyrics on a page, like I want anybody to be able to read them and be like, oh, okay, this makes total sense because it should, you shouldn't have meaningless lyrics. I mean, if not, it's not music. I guess you'd no, say. Are it. you
0: lyrics or melodies first, or do you not even like to put uh, a label on
2: that? I don't know, man. It's just mood, kind of. That kind of determines on what's going on. Because there's days I can just have melodies, and I could be humming something, and then sit down and write words to it. But then there's days that I sit down and write words, and I'm like, oh, I can't find a melody to save my life. But the words themselves make sense. Yeah. So that's kind of a that is just a mood thing. I think. Um, I know other people. Can come up with melodies. I know guys that can spit off words all days with melodies. And I was like, I wish I could do that. But some days I can. So, you know, I can't do it every day. But I know people who can that are really talented at that, that they might hum a melody for hours and not be able to come up with a word. And I can sit there and write the words for it because I need. So that's kind of how the co writing thing does come into play a lot more is that you might have somebody who has a strong point in this or that. Like somebody might be able to play guitar better so you can come up with a better melody. Um, somebody might be stronger lyrically, um, and they can, you know, help, you might have good ideas, but they might help you encapsulate those into what you want. So with the team of people that I write with, I feel like that's kind of our mix, the blend. We know what we're good at. We know what we're bad at. And we're always like constantly helping each other, like get better at things. So that's the best part is that, you know, you find those weaknesses and you know what goes for this person, for this person. And then at the end of the day, you end up coming out with you know good songs because you know you know you're bound. You know if somebody says no, that you're not going to get you know butt hurt over it. Yeah, because you know you're not good at that. You You know they're better at that. Like you know that. But also at that same time, you learn from that in that same time frame that you can take and build on that and make it make what you're weak at better.
0: Yeah. Do you remember your first co-write? I do. What was that? What was that experience like?
2: Um. Well, it was with my friend Olivia. Um, here in town she was from Kentucky I met her so she had a couple songs she had just come out with and I was like let's try to write one Um, she was like do you have any ideas and I was like yeah I have this kind of idea this thing's been like weighing on me and I was like have I been good enough lately and like that ended up becoming the title of our song Um, because we were always like we're always in the hustle and bustle like we feel like we have to like neglect our friends we feel like we have to know stay in on the weekends and i definitely feel like that i i feel like i have to stay home a lot and it's not because i don't want to go out it's just because i have to rest like if i could have the energy to go out all the time i would but you know working
0: it it wears you down by working and writing you're not not missing out on much going out going out all the time
2: yeah you i don't want to be seen out all the time i don't think that it's i mean it's good to have your face seen but you know you can't be out all the time um so I I do like kind of being a hermit in that sense that I like staying in. If I have the chance to sleep, I'm gonna do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that kinda of talks about that in that song. Uh like catching up on sleeping. Uh and kind of just grinding and taking your time to to do you and ask yourself if you've been good enough. Like, you know, what could I do to make myself better? So that's kind of what that song turned out to be. And it ended up turning out great. Um it was me, her, and a girl named Lydia Dow. Um, so we that was the first time I met Lydia. That was the first time I really wrote with Olivia at all. Um, you know, we'd have played sh- – I think we played a show at one point together, but we never, like, wrote a song. So us three sat down, and I was with a total stranger. Like, I didn't know. So I think that's cool, too, because you don't – like, writing with people you don't know, in a way, is kind of great because you, you might end up having differences, but you're probably going to, you know, settle on the same thing. So – before it's said and done.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. So for you, did you come here wanting to write or did you come here wanting to play? I
2: come here wanting to play drums. But in the midst of all that, I was still writing songs, of course. But in the midst of all that kind of playing drums, I really love to do. But it ended up not being, it's creative, take it. But also you can only play you know a snare, a tom, uh, a bass, and cymbals. So you kind of get limited in a – to me, I felt like I it wasn't musical enough for me. Like, it is and it isn't. Like, I still love to play drums, but, like, I'm not able to tell a story the way I want to tell it. I'm playing somebody else's stuff, and that's fine. But I think that kind of wore me down to the point that I was like, oh, this is not enough for me. I want to do something more that's more fulfilling, like, for myself.
1: Okay. That's kind of where for me, like production came in with being right. producer and doing sound and stuff. Was, you know, I came as a guitarist and, you know, I played guitar for years and all, but I also play a bunch of different instruments. So sometimes I felt limited, you know, just being able to play a guitar. And so now being able to, you know, especially in bigger venues, literally control how the band sounds. Yeah, you and mix them and stuff You're like that. A really that. good sound guy. So being able to do that. Pretty good. Pretty good,
0: pretty good. (laughs) No, I mean, pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, no, no, he's 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 freaking awesome when the big man when the big man's out there with the tablet, he's he's monitoring things really well and whatnot. Now, for you, was producer ever a thing that you thought about? Yeah, that's very musical. That's something that
2: here lately, I've uh, I just bought myself a new Mac and um, been playing around with like Pro Tools and Logic and just trying to figure out to add something else to my skill set. Uh, I've always been keen with computers and I've never had an issue roaming around through anything online, uh, or like, you know, how a computer operates. So that kind of to me, I was like, okay, I know how to do this. I can put this stuff together. Like I know how to write a song. You literally have a click track that you build from it. Um, now when it gets into the mixing part, I'm not as keen on that's something I'm really wanting to learn. Um, but I'm learning as I go every day. I learn different things from different people about that. So that's something I'm not as worried about. But I feel like, you know, sitting down and taking a song and turning it from just a work tape to a demo to a you know, fully produced track is something that, that's on my agenda. Like that's something I'm I'm trying to learn how to do because that's something I really I want to be able to produce, at least my own first like demo.
0: That's a big skill too. Like that's, yeah. that's 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 a lot to be a lot to be taken on, but super cool.
2: Yeah, I I mean it's one thing I've always wanted to do. I I don't foresee myself maybe being a producer, but at least being able to get quality, like demos of my songs to get across to people or for somebody else. Um, Maybe one day, you know, as I retire, I kind of I think that would be a good retirement thing for me is that I could just sit in a studio all day and just. Well, you got
0: a long way till retirement, dude. I still think. I'm never going to retire. You're one, you're, one of those like, guys, you're one of those guys. I'm never going to retire. Just I'm going to be
2: working until I'm like 90. Working, man. Like, Tennessee. Tennessee and I just, because I want to. Like, yeah. I have to be busy doing something. And I think that's another thing that really, uh, growing up where I grew up and like my parents, like, I'm thankful for that because I know people that I went to high school with, like, not trying to bash anybody, but like, I'm not going to say any names, but people that just don't, they don't do anything. Like, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like you sit at home all day. Yeah. And I, I can't do that. But in high school and like middle school, I was either taking private lessons or I was playing sports or I was going hunting or I was, you know, going to this event or I was building a car with my granddad. Like I always was doing something. Uh, I might be sitting in the library with my grandmother. Like we would go to the library because she did genealogy, so she was always looking for stuff. I'd sit there in the library for hours and just read stuff. Like I always had something to do. Like I never had it. I wouldn't say I was a kid, of course. I had free time, but in that free time, like I picked up on those things that I wanted to do, and that's kind of how music led into it. It Is like, oh, this is this is how I get out of, like, you know, yeah. This is how I escape from what I'm
0: trying to do. And that seems like an attitude that that's good to have, especially here in Nashville. Yeah, like being out doing something in terms of like just working. Like, I, yeah, I mean, I
2: work forty yeah. hours a week and still write. Like, I make time to do my rights because I want to do that. And I play gigs. Like, if I can, like, I don't, like, I always have something to do, and that's yeah. the
0: best part. It's a, it's a hustler's paradise. If you hustle, you like. There's that. There's that hustler's mentality where you just gotta like keep going. I mean, I feel like hard work beats talent any
2: day of the week. Uh, I mean talent is great but if you don't have the work ethic then it's not ever going to pay off I mean I don't consider myself to be the most talented person in the world but I will tell you that I'll outwork you because yeah. I will <laughs> <laughs> <There you laughs> I'll tell go. anybody that like I mean yeah. that's just like a confident thing like I've always had jobs I've always like when I was 14 I was working like three jobs not because my parents made me like my parent like you know, my parents provided everything for me, but I just wanted to have money, my own money. Yeah. And that's how I've always been.
0: Wanted to do it, do it your own way. Now talking about the music stuff for, for you, um, you had a pretty good, pretty good cut on Spotify. Yeah. That did pretty well. Yeah. That song song playing crazy. What went into that song for you?
2: So that song, uh, it was pretty cool. We all sat down and so the guys had just moved to town. I was playing drums with them at the time. Uh, they're 641 out of Kentucky. Um, they're a really good band, really good duo. They're kind of on the up right now. Yeah, They're actually playing a show with Brantley Gilbert this weekend, so that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, They're doing big things, and I'm, I'm proud of them. I just hope they keep doing it. hope they keep grinding. But that song was kind of the staple point for all of us, in a way. Uh, we wrote that song. They just moved to town. I got them to move to town. I talked them into it. I had moved up here on my own, and then I heard they were kind of playing shows, so I hit them up because Austin is one of my fraternity brothers. So I hit him up and I was like, "Guys, uh, I'm gonna be in Nashville. If you're ever want to play shows, you know, I don't know if you're interested in that." And then it kind of turned into us talking all the time, like between all three of us, uh, me, Austin, and Brooks. And I was like, "Y'all got to move to town. Just do it. Let's let's go. Let's get this stuff on the road and start, you know, making moves." So before they moved to town, I think Brooks had still not even moved in yet, but Austin had moved. Um, so we were actually in the gazebo apartments. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah apartment, that's, that's where uh, we have buddies that yeah, live. Yeah, we there. have all kind of friends
2: that live there, which is so funny to me because we've written so many more songs in that apartment <laughs> complex now. Um, but we were in that apartment complex. It was like probably ten thirty, eleven at night, and um, it's right by the airport. So we're like, we heard this plane, and we were like, what? And I was like, that's crazy. And then the, somehow we come up with plane crazy. I was like, well, that's kind of a good saying because I know this girl that that I've been talking to at the time, and she was like i i just don't have anything left to do here like not we weren't like serious so it wasn't like i was like keeping her here or anything yeah. like that but she was like i just want to move and get out of like nashville i'm tired of it here i just want to get on a plane and fly away and not talk to anybody ever again and i was like oh i was like that's plain crazy yeah so and that's how we ended up coming up with that so then we kind of took our storyline and went with it uh, we ended up watching the last episode of friends um and I can't remember I can't remember the dial's name on Friends. I'm terrible about that. Which, what is he? Is Ross. Ross. I think it was Ross. Ross. He was going yeah. to get his girlfriend at the airport. So, and then that's kind of, we were like, oh, shit, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, he's he's running to get, get her and keep her from leaving, and that was kind of our last verse. So, the first two, ver- the first verse went together really well. That was pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Uh, the chorus, we ended up just coming up with a melody and, uh, like, wrote words to it. And then the like I said, the second verse came from the stem from the episode of Friends, so that that made sense. It you know it yeah. was it was a cool take because like we were talking about that song, we've been thinking about it all day, and then we somehow stumbled upon that episode. We were like we had heard about that you know that stuff had taken place in that episode, so we went and looked it up and watched it, and, and kind of gave us an idea to write to finish it off. So, but it was pretty neat though. The song's doing really well. Uh, it's got a lot of streams on Spotify. Um, could be more thankful for that and probably getting some royalty checks from that. So yeah, dude,
0: what's it like getting a royalty check as a songwriter? That's, I mean, it's good. Cool. It's exciting, but you know, I know, I know I it's I know, another one now. <laughs> I know I know you're ready. You're probably, you're probably ready, ready. I just want to keep one. getting more. Yeah, I know. I know. But still like, but I think
2: that was the fuel to the fire that I needed because that to me, like that got me, like I saw that, you know, I can take something and ride it and get paid for it. And then seeing that, like, statement come out and read that that like this is my name i'm getting paid to for this song that i wrote was just like justification that i can do this like so, i
0: I can make a living doing what yeah, i love like, which know, is like the greatest this thing is not, in the world you know
2: uh, it's not like a number one or anything by any means and i hope it i hope one day it, you know it even gets on the charts but just to see that you get paid for people listening to your music was fulfilling that you know, it's rewarding enough to hear somebody say, oh, I really like that song. It really, it's great. I'm I could, glad I can, that's enough for me. Yeah. But also having the money going along with it is awesome. Like, you know, it's cool to see that people, you know, pay to listen to music.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is, which is, what, which is what it's all about and stuff. And, and for you, you're, you're writing a lot. Like you, I mean, I'll see, I'll see you at work or we'll just be hanging out. You'll be like, Hey, take a look at this note. You'll just kind of, kind of, you'll just read it out or, yeah, or hum I mean, it along or something. Like you've got these notes then you're, you've, you're grinding a lot with yeah, your writing I, I mean, stuff. that's
2: kind of, that's like all I think about now. It's, and, and it's, it's kind of one of those things that if you want to be it, you're going to develop yourself. You're going to do everything you can to try to be that, to like manifest it. So like, that's the point that I've been in this kind of shell almost to the point where I'm not going out. Like. I'm not, you know, just staying home. But like, I'm not going out as much. I'm taking that time that I was using for other things and putting into writing songs. Like the time I used to go work out like three hours a day, and I was like, you know what? This is stupid. I'm in good shape. I'm not out of shape. You know, I can still go work out, but I don't have to work out three hours a day. Like those two hours a day, I can either be playing drums, I could be working on building a track, or I could be working on writing a song. So I've learned how to manage that time a little bit more now. To where that the things that I used to do and just waste time, like I, I've never really just sat around and been lazy, but like the things that are not as high on my priority now. To go do the gym was the main one of my feel like because I just spent a lot of time there because it was relaxing, but you know I still did the things, but I wasn't putting enough time into what I really needed to be putting the time into. So now I've kind of altered that and getting that time set right to where I know I have to get up, I have to go eat i have to go to work and then i can come home i can stay up for three or four hours maybe come up with an idea there or i can wake up early like this morning at like you know nine o'clock is my early i guess you'd say
0: that's that's all of our that's that's 9 early, o'clock's
2: early yeah. but i mean i've yeah. been getting up at like seven to eight and it feels great but i have to go to bed at 10 o'clock so my creative time for me i feel like my brain doesn't really come alive until you know after 10 p.m
0: why I don't know. I've heard a lot of people say that, especially writers. Like Brantley Brantley Gilbert has said that in interviews before, where he says his work time is between like 10 p.m. and like 4 a.m.
2: Yeah, when, I, when for yeah. whatever reason
0: the creative juices are flowing. And a lot of your writes, Tyler, where I've I've been hanging out with you, and you'll just start picking a guitar, and he'll be jotting like crazy. He'll be typing into his notes section on his iPhone. I
2: don't know what it is about uh, being nighttime. I mean, there's there's days that I can sit outside if the weather. You know, it's a lot of things that are. Expensive. Inspiring, I think they do that. But uh, it's something about just... I guess it's because it's calm outside. Your brain feels like it... There's also
1: know. nothing to do. Like, you know, <coughs> going back to the car. Like, whenever you're in your house and there's nothing to do or you're in your car and there's right. nothing to do, you're more keen to that side of things. And also, there's not as many distractions. There's not cars going on outside. There's not... You I know, agree 100%. You don't hear kids helps. and stuff playing outside and all that kind of stuff. You know, you're just... You're in your space and you can be yourself, and so you become more creative. When
2: you speak about noise
1: like that, um, you don't
2: realize it until you go somewhere like we went last weekend in West Tennessee, how quiet it is at night. Yes, very quiet. that night when I went home, I was sitting there, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like my brain. There's like no – it's like almost sitting in a room with static, playing super low. You know the noise is there. Being here, but being in West Tennessee, it's – You're not close to interstate. You don't have any airplanes flying around. You don't have sirens and helicopters and trains. I mean, you have trains, but you have crickets, but there's subtle sounds that I don't know, it's like turning the volume off. It's like almost like mute completely. It was awesome. So that kinda helped my brain reset. So I think taking the time to reset your brain like that is is more important than anything. So, you know, adapting that time in there to just take a day. Like don't I had a write this morning, I had to cancel because I've I just didn't, you know, I, I'm not, I didn't feel great yeah. and I didn't want to waste somebody else's time. So knowing that and being aware of that, I think is more important than, than anything is yeah. like, don't, don't go try to force something if you're not in the best, like not mind state, but like, you know, just your body tells you things. You just got to respond. Yeah, vibe, vibes seem like exactly. so much of
0: that. And for you, if talking about mute and just going where it's going, where it's chill, have you been on a writer's retreat before? Have you done one of those? I've heard a lot of people go out and do those. I have
2: not actually. Um that's something that we talked about doing, uh, maybe planning out to go, but I've had my own riders' retreat.
0: Yeah, by when, myself. That's when you go out that's so when, you I go, guess, when you go home, right? Yeah,
2: that's when I go home or when um I went to Port St. Lucie, Florida this past October. Um and I was playing a show, I was filling in for an artist. Um it was a, we played a music festival uh, at Port St. Lucie, which was awesome. It was really great. It was in like a bay, it was calm. But, yeah, I just sat out there that night and just, like, had my own retreat, like, by myself. And I saw I wasn't the only one doing it. There was other people that were doing that. Like, um, during the day I saw, like, Craig Campbell was there. He was just out in a chair by himself just chilling. And I, I was like, he's doing the same thing I've been doing. I guarantee it. Just, you know, sitting there resetting your brain and just thinking of different things that you wouldn't normally think about when you're in that setting. There's so,
1: like he said, you know, being in a different setting it takes your mind to a different place you know it's it's not common it's not your normal it's not your routine mundane life so you're in a new place and you know you're just you're you get into a different mindset you know whenever you're away from home like I like to go to the mountains a lot I love being in a cabin I've done it by myself I've done it with a couple buddies and there's just a different energy when you're there because you're not disturbed by you know your girlfriend or your family or your work or anything like that. Like, you're just by yourself and yeah. you can you can be in a place where you can focus so much on one thing and you don't have the distractions and, you know, like we said before, it gets quiet and you can really just hone in and focus.
0: You know, have you been in one of those writer's room places that they talk about that's on, like, Music Row and stuff, like, where they yeah. do... Now, what, what are those rooms like? Like, because you're talking about... We're talking about vibes and stuff here. So,
2: to me, I feel like... Like is it, is it I almost, could write in a room yeah. like that,
0: but I don't know that I would want to. Is it, almost, is it almost forced at that point when you're, no, when you're going I, I into like say a so. writer's room like, since it has that label on it? I wouldn't say it?
2: so. I mean, it's like, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Because I consider my truck a writer's room. I consider this room we're in a writer's room. I don't think
0: that... But you, what, do, what do they look like?
2: Like, what is? I like, mean, it's just like a rehearsal. Just like at Diamond Sound that okay. we were in. I mean, you know, there's just the basic stuff in there. I mean, there's really nothing to it. But that's also good because I don't like having... Like, I don't like having other things there in that room. I guess you like a couch maybe or because you get too comfy, then you can't, you can't do this. Like if you have a desk, you can stand up or a desk that you can sit down at. Like my bedroom, I don't like having gear in my bedroom because when I lay down, I'm looking at it and I'm like, I want to play it. I want to do it. like, it's a distraction to, for me to even get my own rest. So I like having it separated, and I still have my drums in my room, but or my guitar, I can't leave it sitting in my room because I'll look at it all night, and I'm like, I want to play it.
0: I've noticed that. I mean, even the the studio that we're in right, we're, like, we're in right, right now, now. I want to play and, those. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler Drax sitting right here. Like how, I mean, some of our buddies, like Dave keeps all of his stuff at their apartment. They keep it all in, like, the living room area. They don't keep it in the bedroom. Yeah, That's interesting. That, I think Ethan does the same thing, like a lot of our buddies. It's that
2: separation thing because, I mean, then if you're in your – Another thing to me is if I'm playing my drums there are in my room and my bed's there, then it's the same thing. Oh, I, should, I could take a nap. Yeah, but I'm you're not slacking going. To. on that. Exactly. Oh, okay. So that's where it kind of comes out to be, you know, I could lay there and take a nap, or I could lay here and write out a chart. I could lay, you know, the lazy part of it. That's the thing that you've got to eliminate. If you're going to do it, you got to do it 100%. So I think that separation of like, you know, taking those things out of that. I'm trying to find a house right now where I can just have a full-blown setup and not have to look at any of my gear in my room. I just want my bed and my dresser and my nightstand. That's all I want. Just simple. Not even a TV. I don't even watch TV. I don't... I mean, you so say you don't watch
0: like anything on like Netflix or Hulu or Netflix? I mean, if like it's that?
2: pouring down rain outside, I'll put on a movie. What's your, what's your go-to?
0: What kind of movie? Or do you just find the random
2: things? I just find random things. Uh, kind of just mood, like what I'm in. Uh, I don't really have just a go-to movie because I've seen a lot of different movies and I don't want to watch you them should, again. You should get Hulu and watch Letterkenny. I know, like I've that seen that. You would like I've that, that a lot. I did actually sit through back when it got really cold. I watched the rest of the Ozarks, the second season. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, that's, um, that's a great series. Yeah, something like you can dig into and kind of, just like, I, just like writing a song, you can escape. Like, it's not a movie, but it just gives you enough detail you want to keep going yeah. back and watching it. But, yeah, for the most part, I don't watch TV. I don't mm-hmm. like having a TV in my room because... I just feel like that a lot of kids nowadays like watch TV or they play video games and you know there's nothing wrong with that but they just do that too like they should be playing an instrument.
0: Yeah. So and you're a you big should. advocate for music education and things like no that. Doubt. No doubt. No doubt. I couldn't
2: I it. couldn't repay my high school band enough for like or even our school district. You'd say like that's probably the first like big check I get from something like that's where some money is going to go. Okay. Like, no doubt. Because like I had those. Th- Everything I had there, like, I remember we had, like, the first year we had, you know, good gear. But the second year I was in, because we had made so much progress, they bought us all new stuff. Because we earned it. You know, we, we had busted our tails and got stuff done and, like, won. We actually won competitions. Like, we turned it around. So we got rewarded for that. And then after that point, like, you know, if it was something we needed because we were working and we were doing good... Like, it was incentive because we had new stuff. Now we had to be even better. So I think that, like, you look good, you play good, you feel good. All those things definitely go into play. Uh, But yeah, I couldn't, you know, I feel like every kid should have the opportunity to at least pick up an instrument because they may not like a guitar, but they might be good at a flute. If you're good at a flute, go be good at a flute. Like, if you can play a saxophone, go play it. I have a buddy that I know that I've been friends with forever who's, you know, he can play like piano and stuff, but he just bought a saxophone out of the blue and he can actually play it. And I was like, see, like you're 24 years old and you just now figured out you can play a saxophone. Yeah. So, I, you know, that's another thing, like I was saying, that big regret of not taking voice lessons. Like I wish I would have done that as a kid. Because I'd probably be a, I know I'd be a way better singer than I am now. <laughs> but also, like, just having those things at my house. Like, my parents, like, my grandparents had guitars. My grandparents had pianos. Now, the drums, I don't know where that come from. I just always like playing drums. Just like banging on things. Yeah, I just like hitting stuff. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, of course, you had your pots and pans as a kid. um, But, yeah, my, I think my parents, like, I got my first, like, snare drum. And uh, Xylophone kit for, like, the sixth grade band. And a lot of kids didn't have that. But, like, that's what I wanted to do. Like, a lot of kids had other things they wanted. Like, some kid might want this new pair of cleats. I mean, I still played sports at that time. So, yeah, I wanted to do that, too. But, like, I was like, I'd rather have a drum. Like, I don't care about cleats. Like, I don't care about having a four-wheeler that could do this. And, I I mean, I still had it. Like, my parents had it. Like, it wasn't like I didn't have it. I just didn't have to have, like... That wasn't what I wanted the newest thing of. I wanted like a new drum that came out. I wanted Yeah, it was music. Yeah, it was music. music. Was I that's... wanted like a CD or I wanted to go to a concert yeah. or First
0: first CD you remember buying?
2: Oh man. Oh. I think of my own money. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was probably
0: what was it?
2: I remember going to get it. It was at Walmart. I think it was a Foreigner
0: CD. Okay. Yeah. Four, right. or four. My first one was Kenny Chesney, no shoes, no shirt, no problem. Really? Yep. It was that, and then a Nickelback CD. Kenny Chesney obviously a lot I had oh, a held Nickelback up a lot CD. better than the Nickelback CD. I had a <laughs> Nickelback yeah, CD. I, mean,
2: I think everybody did. You can't hate on Nickelback.
0: Oh yeah, no. And it was like one of those little CD players that. Yeah, man, I remember just carrying those around until
2: like there was like the first MP3 came out, and then I had to have an MP3 player. Yeah, I didn't want an Xbox or a PlayStation for Christmas. I wanted an MP3 player. Yeah, you wanted wanted headphones. Yeah,
0: you wanted something where you can listen to music on the bus to school. My mom said I've never seen
2: us spend money on anything that you've ever just not put down,
0: but I think she's thankful
2: of that now because I could have just been some little brat sitting there playing, you know, baseball or basketball or. Halo or something on an Xbox,
0: and not you know not done that. I don't know what I'd be doing <laughs> now. For now, in terms of, of music, we were talking about country radio and stuff before. What are some things that? Uh, what are some songs or some guys or girls that you're really digging right now? What's on your? Oh, right uh, now, when you're you listening to your Spotify, and obviously I know the classic rock influence, just at first it was foreigner. But like of the of the new new guys and girls that are out right now, who are you? Oh, you're pulling it up awesome! What do you got? Oh man, I'm gonna have to pull my phone up for this.
2: So like, Balen. Okay, this is a band called Balin. Where the heck are they from? They're from New York. Really? They're from New York. I should know that. (laughs) Man, so they're they're like a like rock They're their own sound. Like they do their own things like he was saying. Like they don't have the normal instrumentation of what? They're a trio. It's two guys and a girl. They have like these Fleetwood Mac harmonies with like this like rock guitar with just all these different blends of things together. But it it sounds awesome, so I think that that's my top band right now, no doubt, Uh, out of anything. Um, Man.
0: And on the country spectrum, who's somebody that you're like, these guys or this girl or whatever is is doing something like i'm really vibing what they're doing somebody maybe you've seen on whiskey jam somebody you've seen playing around town or devin dawson is really like a good influence i really like his
2: lyrics uh hardy i think he's just like gets down I think which cool. devin
0: and hardy co-wrote Blake shelton's new song yeah
2: and that song is just it's just great like <laughs> that that song's awesome yeah but how
0: crazy is that that those two guys but i think and they're, that that's so different that are...
2: blend is like this the stuff that that I pick up on, too. I think that's why I relate to it. Because I just like those styles that they all like. Um, I like Jason Isbell. What do you think
0: of uh, the, the cover of Morgan Wallen? He'd done it with Taste the Country a while back, but just put it out as well, a single. I think single. Morgan
2: Wallen did it. I think he gave it every bit of justice it deserved. Yeah. Because that is such, no a, such
0: a deep song. And what's
2: funny is... So Jason many- Isbell can write the songs all day. Yeah, all day he can write them. They're great. And, and he
0: can he can sing them too. Like you no, know, he can song, sing yeah. them, and
2: I really like the. I mean, I have that song on a vinyl that yeah. you know it was the the Ryman record there that he recorded, and oh, I love that song shoes, still. That but was, I feel like yeah. it does take sometimes somebody that is a vocalist that like Morgan Wallen is. I think he's a you know a really good vocalist. I think that he brought that song to life more than you know, and that's kind of where I relate to that too. Is like I don't feel like I can bring the songs to life like I don't I can't give them the just like I can write the lyrics on the page I can come up with the melodies yeah to play the guitar somewhat but I don't know that I can bring them to life the way that 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 exam that is the best example because I was almost upset when I heard people were like oh you've got to hear this new Morgan Wallen song I was was just gonna ask you that he didn't you know he didn't write that no and it's it's, not anything against him but like you know it's just the fact of like like that situation to me I was just like like I got not well, offended, that, but you know,
0: that's one of the reasons why when I moved down here, I wanted to get something like this going. This podcast that you're sitting in on right yeah. now is, is I wanted to shed light. We, we talked about it in the, yeah. in the, in the damn trailer. That's uh, a uh,
2: really similar situation. Like yeah. I can relate, I, like, I feel like that is probably going to happen because I cannot give justice to songs. Like I should, I guess you would say. It's, because that's it's, not my place. I yeah, know that. Yeah, you
0: know? no, and you're and you self aware of that and whatnot now.
1: And my yeah. My hope with that though is that it turns more people on to guys like Isville and stuff that can actually, you know, sing and write all those you know, because Isville has such a great catalogue of so many amazing songs and your people that only listen to pop country and all you know, they're not going to necessarily go find him. You know, it took me a few years of being in Nashville to really find him. But, you know, once you once you find him, you're kind of hooked on him, you know.
2: Yeah, that also goes into people who, um, who really listen to music. Uh, I think some people listen to stuff just to listen to stuff, just like they watch – they put TV on just for noise. But those are also people who don't do music. But the people who do music are the ones that, like, pick it apart and, like, Read the lyrics. Like, I don't even listen to songs. Like, I listen to songs now, but people talk about the difference between books and audiobooks. Prime example. Like, do you not retain more when you think that you read the lyrics on the page? Or you read the words on the page versus listening to it? Yeah. You might be able to follow along. Which is kind of what I do. Like, I play the song in the background and then go to lyrics. So, that was the best thing I ever added was lyrics. Yeah,
0: I love being able to look at the lyrics but and my like Apple music. You can kind of compare, like,
2: structure and see how they made this phrase work with this phrase or how this, you know, what they said in the first verse makes sense in the chorus or the bridge. Like, all those things that go together that make it the song it is.
0: Yeah. And uh, something cool about Isbell, there was a quote John Mayer um, had said that Jason Isbell is the greatest songwriter. Of, uh, of our generation in terms of stuff. He compared him very much to Bob Dylan, which is really cool. So you have your guitar with you. You write a lot of songs. Would you mind playing us a little something, something of uh, what, you've, what you've got? I know you, you write songs every, it seems like almost almost daily, like whenever you feel you can crank them out and stuff. And um, do you have one in particular you'd uh, like to play for us to wrap this up? Yeah, we might have one we'll play. All right, sweet. Which one are you thinking? Not really sure yet. Want we'll to see? i okay. got stick through it. I we'll have to see. All right, cool. Well, while, while Mr. Logan Gardner is thinking about what he's going to be playing, y'all um, appreciate y'all having oh, me on dude, here. This is dude, awesome, dude. Thank, yeah, you, for thank you for coming <laughs> on. Uh, thank you all for listening. Of course, you can follow along on Instagram at In The Round Podcast on Facebook In The Round. The website it's coming together slowly but surely in dot com. Shout out to our webmaster and resident redneck Mister Jacob Albert for getting all of that stuff situated. Shout out to the Coda Bear getting all those pretty cool pictures and videos. Shout out to the podcats. They We had a little scuffle earlier, but we got uh, we got Felix has cake sitting over there. <laughs> we we have a
1: special stuff. shout out today because today is Coda Bear's birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, happy birthday Coda, ha- happy
0: birthday, birthday bitch, as it reads across his shirt. And, uh, <laughs> how, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> how old are you? 20, 24. 24 i'll be 24 this year hey i'm 24 yep. now too so there we go i'm Come old on. yeah you old grandpa bastard with your sunglasses how do you pronounce that fishing brand is that hook? hook 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 yeah hook all right that hat looks good on you i like it uh so anyway guys i uh, make sure you also uh like subscribe follow wherever you are listening to this podcast as always we're available on spotify iTunes, Google Play, anywhere that you get your podcast, you can go in the round with us. So, Logan, come up with an idea of which one you want to sing? Yeah, we'll get it going for you. What's the name of it? Good Enough Lately. Good Enough Lately. Good Enough Lately Lately by Logan Gardner. He's going to take it away. Until next time, y'all, thanks for listening to In the Round. Here's Logan Gardner with Good Enough Lately.
3: car's breaking down, but it ain't in the budget Just trying to do your best Cause the city doesn't sleep, it ain't waiting on me Way too easy to fall behind I ain't out here looking for sympathy Cause I ain't got the time Between the rain checks, working for the paychecks All the missed calls and the missed text. The email's unread I'm just trying to get ahead I've been good enough lately, these days got me going crazy, I'm pushing myself to the limit,
1: all that I got I'm trying to
3: give it like a constant game of tug of war, where's this peace of mind I'm looking for, As my reflection wouldn't say to me, have I been good enough, good enough lately. friends always ask where I'm at every weekend same old, same double just catching up on something family calling asking when I'm coming home to visit nobody gets it between the rain checks working for the paychecks all the missed calls and the missed texts the emails I ain't read I'm just trying to get ahead have I been good enough lately these days got me going Pushing myself to the limit All
1: that I
3: got, I'm trying to give in It's like a constant game of of tug-of-war Where's this peace of mind I was looking for my reflection wouldn't say to me Have I been good enough, good enough lately